We are on episode 50, 50 of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportster.com. And we got tons of news to cover. There's lots of developments for WrestleMania 36, Raw, and SmackDown. AEW did its first show in front of an empty arena. There's so much to cover. We're going to do that right now, break it down for you on the 50th episode of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportster.com and anchor.fm. Well, it's a very special episode today. It's episode 50, so of course we got to bring Brandon in to talk. We're not even going to have much of a format today. We're just going to kind of go through some news items. We'll talk about the different shows, and we'll see what's what, and we'll see how long we go. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. What's going on, Jim? Oh, just uh, keeping busy, you know, doing what you can in the time of a lot of people having nothing to do. So it's um, yeah. an interesting time. It's changed everything, including wrestling and how much it's changed WWE and AEW is mind-boggling. And we've seen it on a few of the shows here, but uh, I'll let you pick. Where do you want to start today? Do you have something that's uh, you know burning that you want to chat about or anything that you've uh, been dealing with or talking about that you're like, yes, we got to get on that right away? Probably Dynamite, right? Yeah. I mean, it was good. So much happened, um, and we can take this in a couple different ways. Um, I guess we should probably deal with... The biggest news, of course, was the debut of Matt Hardy. Everybody was just, was so sure Hardy was going to AEW, and then they weren't. It was like, okay, his contract ended. He made a video about how it was over. He wasn't going to renew with WWE. He could go anywhere. He could go to Impact, ROH, New Japan. I mean, all these places obviously shutting down, but it just sounded more and more like he was teasing AEW, but it wasn't actually going to happen. And then as Lance Archer showed up to be Jake Roberts' client, and then Brody Lee, who we'll talk about as well, showed up to be the exalted one. Then it was like, okay, well, Matt Hardy's not coming. It, clearly, he's not coming now. And then they closed the show with the Matt Hardy reveal. So putting aside the fact that it was in an empty arena and there wasn't much of a fan reaction for it, what did you think of Matt Hardy coming to AEW in his debut? I mean, it seemed like the most logical place for him, right? One, it's a tag team haven. I mean, you know, Matt Hardy's great. I mean, he showed that he can be a singles guy as well, but he's a tag team guy like, through and through. Like, that's just where he excels. And we know that he's good friends with the Young Bucks, and, like, he knows the, the guys that are there, and it's not like it's it's foreign territory. Really, it's hard to not know. Um, like, if, if you're for, coming from anywhere, whether it's WWE, uh, Ring of Honor, TNA, any of the, the New Japan, there's, like, almost like there's someone there for everyone to feel familiar at the very least. So it's kind of a good, like, landing spot for people like that. Uh, I mean, it's great. It was broken again. It was kind of awkward the way it was all done. But I mean, in the end, Matt Hardy being there makes the most sense of anything, I think. You bring up an interesting point when you say this first, and I'm a little surprised that you said it when you refer to the fact that he's a tag team guy through and through. Do you say that because of his history in the business being a tag team guy and that's how he knows the Young Bucks or the fact that he's going to be, you know, a tag team, a part of that tag team division in AEW? I mean it more as history, but I think the fact that like, okay. I think it goes hand in hand. Like they're putting him in that again because he's so good in that role. That's well, it. That's not the be yeah. all end all. He's going to be a singles his, guy at some point. History wise, I'm with you. I think that's where he gets his relationship with the Young Bucks, and he knows those guys, and that's how they got to know each other. And he talked. I don't know if you heard about it on the Talk Is Jericho podcast. He was the latest guest, and that was a really good episode. If you haven't listened to that, you should. There's so much coming out of it, but I'm not 
necessarily sold. I'm not know if you're sure if you're saying this or not, but I think he's going to stay as far away from the tag team division in AEW as humanly possible. I don't think, other than his being in the blood and guts thing, which we now officially know has been postponed, mm-hmm. uh, it is not happening this week. That he's not part of any group or any faction or any tag team in AEW, and that specifically he's going to take that broken Matt character into new crazy places. And he talked about that on the Talk is Jericho podcast about his creative plan moving forward and what he wants to do. It's now all about Damascus because everybody else has been, you know, his vessels have all been destroyed and he's going to go in crazy ways. He might do some Hardy compound stuff and the house Hardy with, you know, Senior Benjamin and his wife and, you know, Maxwell and all that other stuff. But the tag team division, I don't think he's going anywhere near that. And I think that's what he's, he's enjoying about the idea of being an AEW is he's going to get creatively the license to do whatever he wants as a singles guy and to stand out. And he said himself that he's super excited that Jeff is still in WWE and he's in AEW and this is going to be very good for him. Um, so I don't know if you were saying he's going to the tag team division, but I don't see him anywhere near it, at least not for a while. Yeah, no, I mean, like like I said, I think he definitely has these, like we sh- he showed, he has the singles chops and creatively he's, uh, I mean, this has to be the most successful rebuild or, like, rebrand for a wrestler we've ever seen in history, right? Um, other than maybe, like, Kane. <laughs> that's also one, but that's not like a Kane did it himself. That's just how they, repa- uh, they repackaged him. He did it himself in, like, you know, the twilight of his career and extended his career by, like, 10 years plus at this point. So he's definitely got the singles ability. And I think, like you said, he mentioned that Jeff, like, being in WWE, it's great. Um, obviously, we want to see both together in some capacity just to, to, to know we can have the Hardy Boys um, under the same roof, but at the same time, I didn't really want to see the Hardy Boys. I wanted to see Jeff Hardy, the single star, and most people, I mean myself included, wanted to see Matt Hardy kind of do the broken stuff with a big, like huge scale, right? TNA was fine. Uh, WWE and AEW obviously provide a much bigger um, platform for him to do that. So now we finally get to see what he can do. And I mean, that, that being said, he did it across every uh, promotion anyway. Like we saw how big it could be. But now we get to see it with a lot of like resources behind him as well. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch what he does there. And from everything that I've heard so far and what he's said and written and talked about, we're in for some really interesting stuff with this uh, broken mat in AEW. And I think the timing, as bad as all of this is, the empty arena, the COVID-19, the pandemic stuff that's keeping fans away, this is prime for him. This is absolutely the time where he is going to be relied upon to come up with some really creative stuff that they can put on the television programs. Yeah, because he can do promos by himself. He can do it in his own house, on his own acre, 80-acre lot. He can do whatever he wants, and AEW will give him all the time in the world to put it on television. And WWE is never going to do that. That was not one of those things where they were going to put him in a prominent role, which is ironic now when you look at it, WrestleMania 36 and all the issues they're having with Raw and SmackDown and how they're going to film all this. Mm-hmm. They sure could use a guy like Matt Hardy right now. You yeah, know, no kidding. Creative juices and being able to film stuff in weird locations and trying to air something entertaining. I mean, Vince obviously is never going to get it. I wrote an article about that today that yeah, Vince even said he's out of touch, completely out of touch with it, and, and that we watched that ultimate deletion match with Bray Wyatt and said, I just don't understand. Well, why, I don't see how fans would like this. I'll be shocked if it does a huge number. He doesn't get it, and it's still crazy ironic that that's the kind of stuff that they're going to need to do over the next three weeks to make fans stick around, right? So having a guy like Hardy in the WWE right now would have been a huge, huge win for them, 
and a massive loss now that he's going to AEW. Great pickup by them, I think. Even though people are saying, what do you think about this whole, oh, they're picking up more WWE guys, and, and this will lead us into Brody Lee, that they're just picking up the old scraps from WWE. Do you think there's any validity to that at all? I mean, the scraps they picked up, I would say Jake Hager was technically a scrap, but he also recreated himself at the end of his WWE run and then with MMA. So that's not like he's like a scrap. I think he kind of got the fans more behind him as it went on. Um, Brody Lee, I mean, everyone wanted him to be used more anyway. So, I mean, if they didn't pick him up, fans would be like, well, why didn't you pick him up? And if he was uh, was picked up like he was, we're going to say, well, you know, he's just a scrap from WWE. Matt Hardy, it's kind of the same boat. Like, this guy isn't just a WWE scrap. He would have been if this was, like, the first time he was released from WWE. But he has already done TNA and Ring of Honor and all the, really all the independents. Him and Jeff did that, like, whole tag team tour as well. Matt Hardy is not just a WWE guy anymore. He's just a wrestler, right? Um, I think you, most people will associate him with his time in WWE. But I don't think this is a scrap pickup. I guess Vance Archer's like could also be technically scrap, but I wouldn't count that as scrap. Would you count Chris Jericho as scrap? I would count that as like a you know huge free agent signing. Same for Jim Ross. Yeah, so Chris I, Jericho is a little different. So is Jim Ross in that they are household names unto themselves, yeah. right? Like yes, they probably became extremely famous in WWE. But they grew, not that anything or anyone is bigger than WWE. Obviously, we know that they'll continue to chug along no matter who's in their company. But they're bigger than WWE, if you know what I mean. Like, you know the name Chris Jericho without having to associate it to WWE. You know the name Jim Ross as announcer without having to associate it to WWE. I don't know that enough fans, and this is where I'm really excited. I think that this is what will happen. But I don't think enough fans watch TNA. And watch the, although the YouTube videos, the hits on these things are going crazy for Matt Hardy, that enough people knew what Broken Matt was and mm-hmm. was all about and the origins of the character and what he was doing to take him and separate him from WWE. And I think that's what's going to happen now. All those things that he wanted to do in WWE that WWE wouldn't do, he's going to do in AEW now. And fans are really going to get to see what he had envisioned when he came back and didn't get a chance to do. And so I think that's where his. This isn't a pickup, a scrap pickup to me anymore. This is about, okay, you wanted to do it over there. They wouldn't let you. We're going to let you do everything and more over here. Show them what you wanted to do. And it's going to just explode. Like, I think it's going to be huge. And people will quickly disassociate Matt Hardy to WWE in a matter of months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Like I said, this gives him the platform to really show everyone what he is and what he can do. And, and his YouTube, like you said, it's crazy when he was like doing all those different characters on YouTube for a bit, like all his old characters and stuff. That's great. It's just gold. This guy's a genius and he's a gold mine for promos. Um, similar to like I say, Chris Jericho is. And uh, I think AEW benefits in a way that TNA never did, where TNA picked up guys like Hulk Hogan, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, the Dudleys. Um, the, I mean, Christian. There's there's a billion, obviously, like former Rhino. I, I might even go into it more, but there's so many they picked up. And people said, oh, well, they're just picking up the scraps. Or they're just picking up really talented wrestlers that you know still have a lot to give. Like, what do you want them to do? Not pick up people on the market because they used to be in WWE. So AEW for some reason doesn't get that flack, and I don't think that TNA should have really gotten that flack either, because the same way you took Chris Jericho and Jim Ross are like larger than life. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were larger than life, right? Like they're larger than WWE. So to get criticized think, for those pickups, I think the only reason AEW might not get the flack, and they still might. We're going to talk about this with Brody Lee, but. 
they they're some of their biggest stars like Jericho's a huge star John Moxley's a huge star but their up and coming biggest stars are guys like Darby Allen and you know even though and we're you'll whatever I love to me, Darby Allen man Orange Cassidy <laughs> who I think they're slow playing which is beautiful um, but he's got he's so over and I was you know like I said I was partially wrong on that I was worried they were going to push him to the moon way too quick. And they didn't, and now he's a huge star, or at least he will be, right? Like they they could almost put, and they shouldn't, but they could almost put the tail on tomorrow, and fans would be like, woohoo, right? Like their biggest stars or soon to be stars are AEW guys. That's how you see yeah. them, right? So I think in that way they're not going to get a lot of it, and they're balanced out. But now, having said that, Brody Lee coming over, being the leader of the Dark Order and the Exalted One, and very much a kind of a feeling like the Wyatt family. If they do this wrong, they could get a lot of that criticism, right? Mm-hmm. Like where they go, okay, well, yeah, you just basically put Luke Harper in a new family, let him lead it instead of Ray Wyatt. It's very similar. Why wouldn't you do something different? There is a, they're running a risk of that. But if Brody Lee can show that he's a talker and he's a good promo guy and he's not going to be the same character he was in WWE, there's a chance here. But I wasn't nearly as excited about that one as I was about Matt Hardy. What's your take on Luke Harper, Brody Lee, and the uh, Exalted One gimmick? It's fine. I want to see more of it before I really have an opinion. Uh, I like Brody Lee. I think he's really talented, and we didn't get to really see that in WWE. I mean, that's a very well-known fact, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to, like I said, it, I try to give AEW more than, like, a week or two to really judge what they're doing because even if you look at just the whole, like I, I mentioned, I think it was last week, Cody Rhodes uh and the way he set up, like, the Sean Spears, MJF, Darby Allen, like, setting them all up to be huge in, like, 20 minutes, right? Like, that's what had, uh, Sean Spears had mentioned. Um, that alone shows that you need to give them a few weeks, few months to really see, like, the bigger picture. And I have faith that they can actually do things with the bigger picture and not just set things up and then forget about them or 50-50 booking, like we've seen with other companies, specifically WWE. Sure. I mean, and it's a good idea short term to having a guy like Luke Harper Brody Lee because he's not a disappointment necessarily. You know, like there mm-hmm. was a real chance here that whoever the leader of the Dark Order was, they were going to pull a WWE and have it be, you know, Someone a Vince man, right? Like somebody you're like, oh my God, really? That's who you picked? You, you pushed you pushed and promoted this thing for weeks and months? Like or three like months the Butcher and the Blade, like you just pull them out like we know them? Like, yeah, or like Christopher Daniels winds up being the leader, right? Like you're just like, what? Like, that would have been a real disappointment. Like Cody so Rhodes fact, being the, they tend to be Aussie's partner. Right. That was a cool so, switch, though. I was, I was okay with that one. It yeah. made no sense, but I was cool with it. But you know what I mean? Like, so Luke Harper slash Brody Lee being the leader is not a disappointment because fans are pumped that he's there. So yeah. that's that's good. But yeah, we'll have to give it time to see where that goes. Um, what did you think when you were when we're dealing with the empty arena productions of AEW versus WWE. So AEW is not necessarily doing any more. They're going to do another Dynamite next week, but they're taping everything. And WWE is now taping all the Raw and SmackDowns and possibly WrestleMania over the next two weeks. What did you think about the differences in production value between the two? Well, AEW did what I said WWE should do, and kind of what they did with Ray Wyatt in the first place. Having like the people in the crowd to give like at least some kind of atmosphere, I thought was really good. Um, like the wrestlers and like the people that were there just like creating some kind of an atmosphere at times. Uh, I, I like that. I thought it was fine. The The empty arena stuff is always going to be weird because I mean, we're used to the crowd being part of the equation. But in general, I think both companies are doing the best they can do with it. So I'm fine with sure. it. Yeah. I mean, and for me, 
I mean, they they caught a little flack, I guess, for having that many people in the crowd. Like, yeah, you're right. 100 percent. It was better to have people in the crowd. And but they were running that risk. Like there was a moment in the main event of Wednesday's Dynamite when it was inner circle versus, you know, those three members of the elite where they had all those people around the ring. Then they had the ref. Then they had the other members of the inner circle. Then they had like there were 30, 40 people in that thing and the guidelines regulations are no more than 50 in any one building at any one time. So they're pushing the envelope on that. So they caught a little flack for that. Uh, that said, it changed the production value immediately. I also, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I also felt that the bigger arena, even though empty was a little easier to take in than the smaller performance center. Like I everything's so close up in the PC and it feels so much emptier. Right. Whereas a huge arena, ironically does not feel as empty whether that's because there's reverb or echo or just like they zoomed out the camera angles. I'm not really sure what the story, but it didn't feel as jarring to watch that empty arena on AEW as it did a smaller venue like the PC. That's going to be weird because WrestleMania, I don't know if the rumors are true that they're shooting WrestleMania matches in other locations, but that's a hard thing for WWE because it's so small, so confined, and there's no one in it. Yeah, I think part of it, it comes to the lighting as well. The lighting for Dynamite changes how you look at it. And because it's such a big arena and we're used to seeing that, all, like it's almost the exact same shot for shot and it's not like it was altered the way, uh, like you said, WB is obviously it's tighter angles and it's a smaller room in general. So they can't quite film the same way they would in like, you know, a Mass Square Garden or like a TD Garden or something. Uh, let's stick with the gardens today. But uh, no, I mean, it, like you said, I think it, it definitely felt better in a way. But it's almost hard to explain why exactly. But I think, like I said, lighting and the fact that it's familiar, if anything, yeah. is why. Yeah, it, it, find, it find it felt like I was watching an ROH show, to yeah. be honest. It was, it was it was a lot more like that, right? Now, ROH still had fans in the stands before they canceled, too. But, like, yeah, it was just a little different. Anyway, okay. So, can I, can anything I, before else? Before we say this, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my biggest issue with AEW, and it's a huge issue, is anxious music is just so irrelevant. Like, one, I don't even know who anyone's theme song is. Like, none of it means Except anything Except for to me. Jericho, which is the best ever. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that everybody sings that. Oh, my god. That's gosh. the only one, though. Like, it's, and it's great, right? Everyone loves it. Cody, I guess, also has one where, like, a huge, like, theatrical entrance. And I guess Hangman Page, because it's so specific. But, like, yeah. I don't know. WWE does, like, okay, you hear a music hit, and you're like, oh, my God, that's when the pop hits, right? As soon as the, yeah. the song hits. Well, AEW smart just about doesn't it, right? do that. They, w- they want the crowd to go nuts within the first second or the first note of whatever that music is. So every theme song in WWE has an opening that's iconic, right? Like, like the, from like the, the second you get like the glass break or the car yeah. screeching on Mick Foley or, you know, Seth Rollins burn right. it down or whatever, right? Like they specifically, and Robert Rue before they wasted them on SmackDown. Uh-huh. Had the glorious stuff and Shinsuke Nakamura, I could sing along. Like, yes, they absolutely understand how valuable that is. I do agree with you. I think there are some in AEW that are good, but there's not enough that stand out. And it's almost um, too quiet as well. Like yeah. it's such it's like it's background fodder instead of being like, hey, this is the song that's playing. It should be in the background, but it also is like too far in the background where you, it's not relevant. And I hate that. And I think that'll always keep AEW below production value to SWE if they can't like I mean, I think everyone feels that way to an extent. You need to have the entrance music. Like you said, if you get people immediately engaged from the second you hear it, that's gold. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more. If you were to film WrestleMania the way it was going to be filmed before all the stuff hit the fan, and then film AEW's biggest pay-per-view before all the stuff hit the fan, 
I would I would guess there might be two people in AEW three maybe that would have got like a grand entrance, whereas there was probably half a dozen to ten in WrestleMania mm-hmm. that would have got huge entrances. You know what I mean? Like they they take a lot of time and they really do it right. And it's not uh, just WWE either though. Like other companies, like I think Kenny Omega's old theme song, when it, like when that would hit like the like anime horror the, uh, stuff, like it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do more of that, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. Obviously, they'll. Or they'll they recognize. don't want it for some reason. There's a lot of factions too, right? Like even your main guys are now together. Lucha Dragons and Pac are now together in a trio. You know, yeah. inner circle. Trio. Everyone's in a team to some extent. So, like one theme song represents like five or six people, right? So it, there's not as many as there would have been before. Well, even the factions in WWE, it, which I find a little annoying when they come out. Together, they break up all their individual entrances and give them like an eighth of a theme song for each one, yeah. which is kind of whatever. But anyway, okay, let's jump over to WWE and talk what's going on there. Uh, we'll deal with the empty arena, SmackDowns and Raws and stuff. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I think we mentioned it on the last one, but if we didn't, we'll do it now. Officially the host of WrestleMania. Yeah. And now WrestleMania is going to be two nights. So April 4th and April 5th, Saturday, Sunday, he's the host. And from what I understand, not everything's going out of the PC, so he's going to like feed back and forth to the different matches or locations and kind of introduce a lot of stuff. Uh, are you disappointed that that's really all they've got announced for him at this point, or are you no. not surprised and you don't want him doing anything more than that? that? This is perfect. Just get him involved in some way and have him in the eyes of the fans and, and let him just kind of show his character first. Because he, there's no way he's ready to be an actual, like in a ring or do anything physical. or And I mean, to be fair, he still might just leave physical like he did like the shoulder block uh, I mean a few years ago. Sure. But uh, no, I mean also I'm, I got to protect the investment here. I still want him to come back to the Patriots at some point. So not that yeah. I think it'll ever happen at this point. Uh, maybe that's what more what I'm asking is the fact that they they made the announcement as though he was signing a WWE deal. Now does this lend more to the idea that it's not so much a deal? It's the host of WrestleMania, which might be a one-off, or that this is just the beginning. No, of a lot a more stuff that he's going to do, perhaps becoming a character down the road. You know, you can't imagine how much you change the Gronkowski character, but you know what I mean? And I did get a kick out of him coming out on Friday, his entrance and stuff. He's he's loving it. You can tell that he's super excited mm-hmm. and pumped and dancing around like a goofball. Um, and other than not facing the hard camera, he did a pretty good job on his first <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this guy is uh, he's larger than life in multiple ways. And I think this is just the beginning. I don't think this is just a one-off. He's the host. I think this is probably a multi-year deal that I'll see in-ring stuff as well. I mean, it, it only makes sense, right? I'll but tell you who the biggest, is biggest winner is in all this. Mojo. Oh, for sure. That guy because, can't be yeah. any more excited right now because you know he's going to be relied upon heavily. I mean, you would hope so. He's He's got yeah. like almost like a golden ticket for as long as Gronk's contract is. Uh, That's what I mean, right? Just, yeah. yeah let he's he's got to be super pumped. Um, I, I'm afraid that Gronk's like one bad bump away from being like paralyzed. You know, he's gotten so many surgeries and he's had so many injuries in his career that I can speak to heavily because obviously I had to, you know, deal with it for eight years as a Patriots fan. Um, but I hope he's good. Like I hope he's healthy and, and ready to go. And I hope they, they know what they're doing with him. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as worried as you sound. Um, mostly because there's so many guys that were injured in other careers that came to WWE and, they left these other professions because they were too injured to play in them. And WWE and wrestling, not well, not easy on your body, is a little different in that way. And I just don't imagine after moving guys like 
you know, Rousey and Shamrock and all these other people over from other industries where they had no wrestling background at all, that they would rush this. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't even foresee a situation where they would, they would risk it. Um, and they've, these wrestlers have done quite well. Some have been flops, but a lot of them have done really well and picked up the business pretty quick. So I think there's a way to probably do it um, without really risking anything. And I just don't imagine he, I don't know what he said to them and how interested he is in going back to football, but I don't if those injuries are as bad as you say they could be, I would guess he's done. Yeah, I mean, he had like 12 back surgeries, like multiple, multiple, multiple arm and leg surgeries. And like, yeah, a bunch just before he even got drafted. This guy was like top five, top 10 talent that got picked in the second round because of that kind of stuff, you know? Plus, so, why the hell would he want to go back to the Patriots? No Tom yeah, Brady right. anymore. He wouldn't want to. He yeah. Wouldn't want to. He'd be like, I'm sorry. Once he left for Tampa, I, I'm thinking maybe it's another option for me. Okay, yeah. what what else should we talk about on Friday? There was the Goldberg Roman Reigns face off. I have no idea how this match is going to go. Um, I can't. Maybe it's going to be four spears and a pinfall. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but by who? I don't. I mean, four I didn't. Spears, <laughs> four spears by Goldberg. Right? <laughs> you didn't ask. No, three and one. Three for yeah. Goldberg, one for Reigns, and a win. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And now there's Roman Reigns for the jackhammer. I'm actually was surprised to see they're adding more matches. Like they've confirmed the women's match is now whatever they call it a six pack. six way or six pack challenge or whatever. It's got all these random people in it. Like I'm not sure what Tamina's doing in there, but um, I don't know what she's even doing in the company. Well, bring her back slowly, but don't just give her a title shot at WrestleMania. She's just so boring. She could be good. She's huge, right? Like sure. You could, you could push her properly like you would with Anaya Jax, right? She's massive, and she could be that character. She's also that... like 50 years old. I didn't know that. Tamina's uh, 50 years old? Not 50. She's probably like 40. Oh, my gosh. I am not. I can't even imagine that being accurate, but we'll have to look it up. Okay, I'll, um, I'll look it up now as you talk. Okay, so She's anyway. 42. Okay, there you go. So, um, <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not, you know, a young person like a young looking for their break. Or... Yeah. Anyway, they could utilize it. This this seems off. But anyway, that's not really what this match is about because it's going to be the showcase of Sasha Banks and Bailey having friction with each other, and that's all this is going to be about. Sure. Uh, leading up to probably Banks stealing that title at WrestleMania. That's my prediction. I'd be, I'd be really happy with that. Yeah. But they're adding stuff. You know, they're adding Kevin. No, not Hope only are they adding stuff. Balls. They added a full six man match, like you said, like the six women, like. You, wouldn't you want to limit the amount of multi-person matches in this situation? Yeah, it's a little strange. Right? <laughs> it's funny. Clearly, they they know the number they're not supposed to go over, or whatever. But when you got the ref, yeah. and then you've got it's a nine-person match, cameraman, it jumps up to twenty people pretty quick. Um, yeah. Other than that, there wasn't a lot of SmackDown. Other than the Miz and Morrison were awesome. Dirt sheet. I love that, that was so funny. And that's they're the so... kind of creative stuff that they need to be doing right yeah. now, right? Like, I don't know if their ratings will reflect it. Uh, I know the ratings were down, but. That was the best segment of the whole show. And Raw was okay, other than the fact that, like, they're now airing more than an hour's worth of footage of, like, the Royal Rumble and stuff. So I hate it. I, they did that with SmackDown, too, and they showed the Elimination Chamber match. And I just, like, the first time around. Well, on this last SmackDown, I had a Bray Wyatt John Cena match, which at least fit the storyline a little, right? Sure. Like, you could, you could justify putting that on there and saying, well, this is what's going on. But there were way more matches on SmackDown than I thought there were going to be, considering how much they were talking about how the matches weren't going over. So... I was pleasantly surprised with that. I was glad to see the matches. That was good. And Drew Gulak's hilarious. Like that stuff with him and Daniel Bryan doing the wrestling moves and teaching each other in their backyard and stuff with all this going yeah. on. It's so funny. Uh, finally, friend, they're using um, him. My friend from work, 
who told me that he really like just seeing their match against each other at the pay per view. He just wanted to see them as a tag team, and well, I mean, he got. I mean, they're just that's it. Like they're paired together right now for screen time, and I think he got exactly what he wanted, right? Because they're just so good together. Well, this is all Daniel Bryan's doing, right? He specifically asked for this. Like, and he, why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, he's he's. He's got some people pegged of what he wants to work with, and he's got a lot of say backstage. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Daniel Bryan, the reports are that once his contract is over, which should be soon, he's done. He's not sticking around as a full-time wrestler anymore. He's going to be a part-timer, but like once a month. That's his In plan. WWE? In WWE. What yeah. happened to him Like wanting to come back and make that return? Like, Did he get it out of his system? Well, no, he still wants to be a wrestler. He just doesn't... He wants to be at home with his kids. He's getting like a six... What do they say? Six-month paternity leave so he just doesn't want contract uh, is over and then he's going to come back part-time he has no desire to wrestle full-time yeah so he's going to do a part-time gig and i'm sure he's going to stay with wwe because he said great things about them and they're giving him time off and all that other stuff but he just isn't gonna continue on and he's he's the guy that loves it so much he gets sucked back into working way more than he ever wanted to um so i don't think the amount he's on tv is how much he wanted to be on tv right now but it just he doesn't say no and they ask him and he says yes and all that other stuff. Um, so is Rob it was, ironic for somebody for you like the whole joke about like, oh, you're wrestling in front of ten people in a bingo hall. Well, everyone in WWE right now is wrestling in front of zero people <laughs> yeah. in the performance center. Well, that's why they got to push guys like Daniel Bryan and Cesaro because they know how all to these do guys it. who are used to it and don't care, yeah. right? Like, obviously, they'd rather have fans. It's yeah. better to feed off them, but it doesn't affect them. They just are like go about do their thing and it's still going to be awesome so that that's where i think wwe needs to be focusing even though vince isn't sold that those types of wrestling matches are what fans want to watch and the ratings are showing that maybe that's true i don't know but that's what i'd like to see anyway um other than that this week raw i thought was a little uneventful the edge promo was good um but then they showed that whole royal rumble and there wasn't much else going on with the show and then NXT wasn't, there was no live action at all. They just basically had Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa talking about the rivalry. So I have no idea what's going on with the TakeOver pay-per-view, if it's even happening anymore, if they're going to just spread it out over the next few weeks of NXT tapings, or if they're still going to do it, but do it later. I don't know what's going on. Hall of Fame's been pushed back to SummerSlam. Like, everything else is being dramatically That makes sense so. to me. Why wouldn't you do that? Like, that's not something that's, like, pressing where you have to do it immediately. So I'm totally fine with that. Well, then, I think WWE is extremely worried that things are going to get worse, right? Like, that they're filming all this stuff now leads me to believe that they are under the, the impression that over the next week or two, things could change to the point. Like, there's already buzz that Brock Lesnar is not going to be able to cross the border. He lives in Saskatchewan, Alberta. Yeah. And there's concern he's not going to get into the U.S. to do WrestleMania because they've closed the borders. And just to mm-hmm. essential personnel only, right? Well, is this essential? I don't know, right? It doesn't seem essential to me. But so I think they might be worried about that stuff. So they're doing it now. Right. So I get the sense that they're filming as much as they can and pre-recording as often as possible just to make sure they got it all covered. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. They've got a I don't think it's so much that they're worried. I think they're just realizing that, hey, there's a lot that can go on here. So let's try and be as precautious as possible. Yeah. And then Braun Strowman got himself in hot water this week. Because he was making comments about indie wrestlers and their pay. Evil Uno from Dark Order went out and said, hey, support these indie guys because they're having a really hard time with all the shutdown and they don't have the money to go fall back on when they're not working and they have to mm-hmm. work to make money. And Strowman's like, whatever. Like, when I was in the strongman, even though I loved it, I had to quit to go into something else because it didn't pay the bills. And 
You can't just rely on Patreons and GoFundMe accounts. And there is some, I'm going to say this and hopefully not get in trouble. There's some truth to that, but that was not the time or the place to say something like that. Like that was just, it wasn't a good idea. He's kind of stuck to it. He deleted the original tweet where he said that, but he stuck to his guns and said, look, I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying you got to go after dreams that are not only your dreams, but will actually pay you. You can't just rely on people to give you money. And I'm assuming he probably means, especially in a time where other people are having trouble. I mean, you and I both know this isn't easy, right? Like you were just yeah. talking before we went on the air about how your work is dealing with some layoffs and my it, my business, all the events got canceled. So everything yeah. is affected. Everybody's having a hard time right now. So you can't necessarily go, well, here, I'll just make a GoFundMe page and you could pay me because I, I love indie wrestling and it doesn't pay me anything. So can you pay for me? I get yeah. that aspect of it. But at the same time, probably not his place to go. Yeah, just change your dreams, you sucker. Like, go in and do something else. They're also in the exact you know. same industry. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I understand the message, but what was the point of saying it? Yeah, especially, especially when you're now, like right now, like pandemic going. Like, I don't know. There's no point when you've made millions of dollars over the last couple of years, right? Yeah, it's like, easier to say it. Like, yeah, he says he's not getting paid right now, like that because there's no live events and he's not doing anything on television. There's no money coming in. But at the same time, and that poses an interesting question about what WWE is paying these people or not paying these people when things are not going on. But you don't necessarily have any sympathy for people when they know how much money you've probably made as one of the biggest stars in the biggest wrestling company in the world mm-hmm. over the last however many. Like he's he's doing all right. He's also one of the most popular stars in the company too. Yeah. It, so because you said biggest and he's big well he Sorry. is popular <laughs> no you know, i know right? I just, like, I, but i know what you meant you meant but it's like... stuff like this that's going to hurt that <laughs> image right like yeah probably not the type of thing you want to say eh, it, it'll be water under the bridge i'm sure yeah it'll be it just it won't last but anyway adam cole is now Maybe. the longest reigning nxt champion in history is yeah, there an I asterisk mean... beside this because of the pause or do you think he's no. well deserving because he could be the longest reigning champion this. for a while without defending the title. I mean, there's an asterisk behind a billion championships, if that's the case. Like, he's fine. He's, he, this, is, this is legitimate. I mean, this pause only happened, like, for a few weeks, too. So, if we're going to say, like, discounted by, like, 14 to 15 days because of the pause, I don't care. Like, he's the longest reigning champion. That's that. He's also, I think he's the, the most deserving and probably the best champion in NXT history, considering there's been a lot of really good ones going through, but he was the champion at a time. There were so many changes in NXT going to a new channel, going to a new network. I would, I would argue Finn Balor. Well, he's the guy that he just took, right? Uh, I'd say the two of them are definitely, yeah, it's Balor. And, uh, well, the thing is, is NXT has gone through so many changes, like even through other time, like Seth Rollins, obviously you had, um, I mean, I'm not going to even talk about, uh, what's his name, Bo Dallas and stuff. Uh, yeah, that was at a uh, time where NXT was very different than it is now. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. like Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. Uh, and Drew, Neville, Matt Terrell, Robert Nakamura, all those guys. Like, there's a lot of really good ones, but like the people that carried the banner, they are, they have to, it's, it's Finn Balor and Adam Cole. I, I would say Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa were so like short-lived relatively compared to the two. But I would say that those two together had like that whole middle ground between Balor and um, Cole that were like the best out of the most to me, because like you mentioned, there's obviously uh, Samoa Joe and Drew and uh, I mean the in between before Tommaso and Johnny kind of had their feud, 
or like I guess during it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Finn Balor and Adam Cole I think are the, the top two. But again, like you said, Adam Cole is the most deserving. If you're going to say it's down to two people, then yeah, I, I think at that point, if those two are both in the conversation, then we can give it to Adam Cole because he's currently the guy that has it. Well, and I, I assume he'll probably stay the most prolific, most prominent, most whatever at NXT because he's going to be there a while. Right? Yeah. Like, this he's is not like it was yeah. before where they're moving him. And if I'm Adam Cole, I don't know that I want to yeah. go to yeah. Raw or SmackDown because Vince is going to just screw you over. Yeah, like, he's so years. small. <laughs> right? Like, he's so little. He's like he's six the, foot two ten, which is so like, it's He's the anti Vince. Right. To like normal people, yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, he's Shawn Michaels. Yeah, but I think Shawn Michaels, as good as he was in the ring, was a circumstantial thing too. Like sure. I, I think that was a time when there were two choices, and it was either Brett and Shawn, and it went back and forth a lot. And it was in a, a time where there was no Hogan; he he'd gone, and there just wasn't. You had to go that way. You had no other choice, right? NXT is choosing as a brand to go that way. Right, like, there's no big guys in NXT anymore, really. They're yeah. all little guys, right? And but yeah. if if you were to move those guys to WWE or Raw or SmackDown, yeah, as you've seen Balor and all these other guys, if they're small, they ain't lasting. Like, look at Ricochet, look at Balor. They're all like having trouble now. So, I would stay in NXT as long as I can if I'm Adam Cole, even though the money might not be as good. Um, Maybe we should touch on this one. It's a change of pace a little bit. But Undertaker, we saw it on Raw. He wasn't necessarily the Undertaker we're used to seeing. He's no, dressed kind of dropping the gimmick. Yeah. No entrance, stuff like that. There's some rumors that they were moving towards the big evil sort of American badass gimmick for WrestleMania. Do you see that happening? Is that something that you wouldn't do now with the changes to WrestleMania if they were going to do it? No, it makes sense to have him not be in the dead man thing. Because, I mean, that whole entrance also relies on being larger than life, which he is. But uh, he's very much the like American badass character in real life, more than he is the dead man, right? Uh, I don't think he's even that, but I think he's closer to it than he is the dead man. So let him be a little more relaxed, and and it also takes away the the Fina part of it. So he could put on a match and not be, you know, you don't expect the dead man stuff. You expect a different style of Undertaker, I guess. Although he is in tremendous shape, like he's like in the best shape he's been in years, from what I can see. Yeah, he looks a lot better. He moved around pretty good. Um, I think he, I think he's like actually like shredded right now. Like I think he's ripped to the core. Like I don't know what he's been doing, but apparently finding God was good for him. He's been hanging out with tigers. Yeah, I, that was a, <laughs> that was a good picture. Didn't you see that tweet where he's yeah, like trying to save cool. the tigers? That was the most awkward promo I've ever seen in my entire life. It was shot and recorded in so many ways just to get them to get the lines out. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Yeah. It was yeah, it was bad. I, I'm all about the cause, but that was an awful promo. They, somebody should have done that differently. Um, his match with AJ Styles, I think, is one of those that needed the people. Yeah, so, I would say because it's going to be again, interesting how I, that goes over without them. Well, I don't think it needs the people, but I think I like Undertaker again. It's you. It's almost like you need to have like you feel like the presence of the crowd because they're they're like waiting with bated breath when they watch him at his entrance and stuff. AJ Styles is going to entertain anyone. I mean, him, but you mentioned, like, Cesaro and whatever. AJ Styles is the ultimate indie guy. Him and Daniel Bryan, I would say, are the two ultimate indie guys. Um, so he's fine with that. He, he and Undertaker couldn't be any, like, more polar opposites other than, like, Randy Orton and AJ Styles, which we already saw. So you've got, like, polar opposites where, like, they need, like, the crowd and, like, they're so used to this big spectacle. 
but that's why I think taking with the dead man stuff kind of works. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, that's the deal, right? Like the match itself is going to need, at least I think, they're going to need AJ Styles to carry it, and yeah. all of these, which we knew, spot yes, but the spots that might get screwed up, the mistakes, they're going to just be amplified in an empty arena, right? Like you can, it's a different match when there's no one around and no fans and no wide angles and just stuff that they can't hide it. Right. And so if there's going to be mistakes, it's going to be really loud <laughs> and it's yeah. just going to be so obvious that that's, that's why I say that match could have some trouble, but um, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see which matches they put on which night. I think WWE hasn't confirmed it yet, but they're starting some buzz start to come out about which matches are going to get on on which nights. So I'm curious about watching that one. Um, we'll probably cut her there, but what else do you want to, anything else you want to take a couple minutes and chat about before we sign off? Are we still sure that it's actually going to be happening at the performance center in like a few weeks? Like, do you think that's actually going to be a confirmed thing or is this still them like bluffing to get that insurance to then move to like, well, that was, that was the rumor, but I think now that they're talking about having, like they started filming a bunch of stuff today. So they did SmackDown last night and they did that live. And from what I understand, they are filming like a ton of stuff today. Raw, SmackDown, main events, all these other sh- programs that they would normally have to get, you know, content for. They're trying to ambitiously film everything. And they're going to do a bunch of WrestleMania stuff. So I get the impression that the WWE is probably very worried that things could shut down, that maybe the, the regulations will change. Right now, it's been at 50, and it's kind of stayed at 50 for a while. So if they can work around that number then there's no reason to not have WrestleMania. But I, from what I'm gathering, the mentality of Vince at this point is that he sort of just said, well, screw it, right? Like, there's nothing I can do about it. WrestleMania is what it's going to be. Let's get this stuff filmed now. Let's get it done. Let's get it out there. We'll edit it. We'll see what we can make out of it. We'll put a bunch of highlight reel packages together, and we'll see what we can do. And I, I'm guessing that WrestleMania is going to be a huge disappointment to a lot of people, um, not just because of the fact that circumstantial you know or whatever they're calling it previous i can't remember what the phrase WWE is because they're not allowed to say COVID 19 and they're not allowed to say coronavirus but it's um you know undetermined circumstances or whatever their phrase is that they're using on television these days um that they're just like we're screwed no matter what we do there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do about this so let's just get it done now film as much content as we can so that in a week if something changes or in two weeks if we're right on wrestlemania we can't do anything about it we don't have anything to put on TV or pay-per-view. At least we've got this. So I think that's what they're doing. And so I, I'm guessing that's not going to change, right? If they have yeah. the time in the next week or two to film other stuff and they can get people into the arena, like Gronkowski or whomever on the actual dates of the pay-per-view, that they probably will do that. And maybe they'll work back and forth between live and pre-recorded footage. But for now, they're going to probably shoot as much as they can just to make sure that they're not poached if things change, right? And there's mm-hmm. some, probably some concern that that could happen. So, well, uh, that's my take on it. I don't, I have no, other than that I've heard the recording, I have no evidence to back that up, but that's just the, the impression I get. So yes, I, I don't think that insurance thing is a deal anymore. I think there was maybe some validity to that story, but I can't imagine now with only, what do we got? Like 13 days that all of a sudden they're going to postpone it. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked. Yeah. If they I mean, just said, it, nope, it's WrestleMania is not happening on the fourth now. Yeah, it would be hard to just like it's so far down. Like at this point, like it's so you're so close to the actual date. Like well, once said, they yeah. moved it to two dates, then I was like, okay, well, they're doing it. Yeah, I agree. Like, with you. That's when I, that's that's also when it became more real for me as well. Yeah, 
once they said, well, we're not going to do this, but we're going to try to do this, then I'm like, okay, they pl- they clearly have a plan. Whether the plan works or not, I don't know, but they know what they want to do. We'll see if they can pull it off. But yeah, anyway, we'll have to keep our eyes on it. There's obviously more stories developing all the time, and half of our articles that we write are related to what's going on with WrestleMania 36. Um, so we'll see. For now, it looks like AEW is at pretty much of a standstill. No pay-per-view. They're going to do Dynamite, but not a lot else coming out of there. Tony Khan just put out a statement saying they're going to hold off on a lot of stuff. So right now it's WWE doing what they can to keep their shows running, and we'll yeah. see how that pay-per-view turns out. Yep, I agree. All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. We'll uh, we'll chat you know next week as we get closer, and there's more news, obviously, and we'll probably have a breakdown of what matches are happening on what night. Maybe we can cover that and do some predictions. It'll be kind of fun to see how we book the matches because I would like to do that, right? Like just say, okay, this yeah. is what I would do in an empty arena versus what I would have done if it wasn't. Like that might be an interesting take on all of this. So maybe we should do that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's going to be a much different show than I think they had previously planned, and this is going to be a real testament to the people in the ring and the wrestlers in the ring and like how they're going to actually go about it. And I think guys like Undertaker and AJ Styles are going to have more freedom to do whatever they want to do than say, I don't know, Reigns and Goldberg. Where yes, I hope Goldberg they're calling is. on everybody to be creative. Like I really would think that would be a huge mistake if this time, when there's never been another time like this to just call on everybody to come in with their best ideas. If they're not doing that, I think they're dropping the ball in a major way. Sure. Because there's a lot of guys who are probably very... Look at that Miz and Morrison stuff. You can't tell me that that wasn't a lot of them. Uh, right? It has to be. I, that I guarantee you, like, they, they were handed paper that said, here's your promo, and they said, okay, but what if we did this as well? Like, what if we changed this for that? Like, even in the ring, I'm sure for a lot of times, like, I think Miz said, like, he... Was it him that said he changes words, like, throughout his promos where he doesn't swear in them or something like that. I, I can't remember who it was that said it, but like they, they, there's definitely room to change promo stuff as you see fit as long as you nail it. And yeah. guys, like, like obviously, Morrison isn't ever known for his like mic work. He's a really good character still. Like people, he's pretty funny, though. He's hilarious, and he's also better on the mic than he was, though you haven't really seen that in WWE yet. I think he's been kind of very much the old John Morrison in WWE for some reason. I don't know what it is, but uh, I mean, there's still time. Yeah, no, but if they're not calling these guys to be, you know, kind of creative and and use it now, if you're ever going to use it, this is it. I I compare this to like those ruthless aggression document documentaries that have been on the network where they Vince just called everybody around and said, "Hey, I need somebody to step forward who has ruthless aggression." Like he needs to be telling everybody in that locker room, "I need you guys to step forward. If you are creative and you think you can capitalize on what's going on right now, you need to come and you need to tell me what your idea is." And if he's not doing that, I think that's just ignorance. Like that's just absolute arrogance that he thinks he could figure this out on his own. And he probably can't. And I hope that these guys are coming to him going, dude, like this is a huge opportunity for us to do this, 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 and this, and like, we should try this and that they're doing it because that's, what's going to entertain the fans, right? These guys are good and they need to be taken advantage of and not in a bad way, but like use their skills. Yeah. Use the resources you have. You have the assets there. Want to take advantage of them, right? So, like these people, we know that a lot of them, like most of them at this point, are the best of the best. So stop booking them as if they're your guys and book them the way they, the fans want to see them, the way they can be booked. I.e., let them do their thing. Give yeah. them direction, but don't give them like hardcore gu- deadline guidelines. 
I mean, we're crazy if we think that the WWE machine is going to change in any major way. No, but not. there are circumstances like this where you have to go, okay, this is completely abnormal from what we've ever seen before and will ever see again. We got to do something different. Like, yeah. this is that thing. You, you, I was just thinking about the other day. I was watching that 24 series about WrestleMania, you know, WWE WrestleMania in New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Imagine what this is going to look like in a few months. When they shoot this thing, I hope they are shooting everything right now. Like, I hope the documentary series, the network guys are just cameras everywhere in Vince's office at Triple H meetings, like all this stuff. And just you get to see all this behind the scenes about how they just had to figure this all out, because that would be the most riveting programming ever. Like, just to see how they dealt with this and what they did and how they figured it out and moved the production truck to the PC center and like all that stuff. Like, I would just I hope they caught all this because. It'll be really fun to watch, and there's never going to be another show like this ever. Right? Yeah, no, this I agree. This is this first is and only. Yeah. So there should be lots of good content coming out, and they should take advantage of it. Hopefully, they do that. But we'll see. Anyway, okay, man. I will. Uh, I'll let you go. We'll just remind everybody they can uh, download the podcast on Anchor.fm. Go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Give us a nice five star rating. Tell us why you love the show. Tell everybody else why they should listen to it. Uh, download, rate, subscribe it. You can go on wrestlingwriteups.com, thesportster.com, and uh, check us out on all those places. And uh, Brandon, thanks again for coming, and we'll chat with you next week. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.